Welcome to the Dell Technologies Edge and IoT Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about edge and IoT, safety and security, and computer vision technologies. Hello, everyone. Bruce Hall here, and welcome to another Dell Technologies Edge and IoT Power Chat. And today we're going to get into Dell and Intel solutions for digital and smart cities. And our guests are Mr. Sajid Khan, who's the Global Director of Strategy and Marketing for Smart Cities and Transportation for Intel, and Mr. Wayne Arvidson, who's the Director of the Global Edge Partner and Industries Office for Dell Technologies. How are you doing today, fellas? Doing great, Bruce. Doing good. Thank you. That's great. And thanks so much for being with us. Could we start with a little bit of your backgrounds, please? And Sajid, why don't we start with you? Sajid Khan, I've been with Intel for about 20 years now. I've held roles across strategic planning, marketing, business development, working in various different spaces, including the data center, comms, mobile. These last three to four years, I've been working on the smart cities and transportation space, which is a really exciting and a high growth opportunity. Specifically, I focus on strategy and marketing for the most part. This last year or so, I've had the distinct privilege of working closely with Dell in this capacity. Thank you, Sajid. And Wayne, a little bit of your background, please. I've got a long background in technology. I've had various roles in organizations ranging from startups to Fortune 100 companies. I've been involved in managing product management teams, sales and marketing organizations, development organizations. I started at Dell actually managing the relationship with Intel in the context of our computer vision and edge business. Last year, we opened up a global partner and industries office where we're focused on five key verticals, those being energy and utilities, healthcare and life sciences, manufacturing, retail, and safety and security. And as part of that role, we continue to work very closely with Intel. Guys, I'd like to start with a kind of a general question about the evolution of cities. How are city dynamics changing, and how are these changes affecting the services that cities must deliver? And Sajid, why don't we start with you? It's a great question, Bruce. It's also a very big question. Let's try to break that down a little bit. It's very true that cities have been pivotal to innovation, to forward progress. A couple of kind of key trends in terms of what we're looking at today. Over the last couple of centuries or so, global population has really skyrocketed. We had a billion or so people a couple of hundred years ago, and we're now in 2020 quickly closing in on about 8 billion. At the same time, there's been this move to cities. Today, over half of us live in cities, and that number is expected to be about two-thirds by 2050, according to the United Nations. So when you look at these dynamics coming together, these dynamics present new challenges in how cities need to be managed. The sheer scale of the challenge is a very different level than it was 10 years, 20 years, 50 years ago. And Wayne, could we get your perspective on how city dynamics are changing based on the new services that they need to deliver? Yes, I think in conjunction to what Sajid was talking about, there's definitely a change in the expectation of citizens within a city. So the things that we're hearing most frequently are there's certainly much more awareness today about things like sustainability. So what's the city's role in preserving resources and the environment and what kinds of things are they going to do around that? 
Another area is the equity in services. So people today use a lot of technology and they're familiar with it. So they're trying to understand how government and how city infrastructure can do the same thing to fulfill those types of expectations. You hit on a key phrase, Wayne, higher expectations. If we think about those higher expectations, what new pressures is this putting on cities in terms of the products and services they deliver? From an expectation perspective, they're looking for services to be delivered more efficiently. They're looking for waste to be eliminated. They're looking for better utilization of capital facilities and capital equipment. And again, technology can enable that. And so the idea of a smart city can be pretty overwhelming. It's really about what can be deployed and what outcomes are people looking for? What is the high impact type of projects that cities can focus on to start with? Thanks, Wayne. And Sajid, could we get your perspective on what new pressures cities are facing based on these higher expectations? When you think about cities today, you think about gridlock, you think about pollution. These are the sorts of challenges that cities are continually facing. City leaders think about these issues and how to address these issues on a day-to-day basis. Again, touching on thought that Wayne brought up a moment ago. Offering these solutions to these problems in an equitable manner with transparency and accountability, these are key themes. As we think about how to address these issues, how to solve these issues, technology is a key tool in that toolkit that city leaders can use. We've got many technologies available at our disposal today. Digital technologies like AI, cloud, IoT, these sorts of technologies are critical to help better manage cities. You both hit on a theme I'd like to expand on a little bit, and that's technology. And Wayne, let's start with you and let me ask, what does this new technology allow cities to do? There's a number of use cases that can be enabled using technology. And as Sajid mentioned, IoT and Edge is certainly an area that's expanded. It provides use cases like pedestrian safety, for example, traffic optimization, smart parking, enhancements in transportation. I think one of the key things that's changed over the last couple of years from a technology perspective is our ability to get these insights in real time. That's probably the biggest driving factor from a technology perspective that's going to allow cities to enable these services. That makes sense. Sajid, can we get your perspective from Intel's side on how this new technology enables new use cases for cities? There's so many segments, so many use cases under this catchphrase of smart cities or digital cities. And as we implement use cases across public safety, across transportation, across sustainability, these solutions draw upon technologies at the edge, the core, the cloud, the risk of sounding a little trite, they're end-to-end solutions that come into play. Now, as we think about these solutions, the amount of data, I think Wayne touched upon the real-time aspect here of looking at this data and inferencing from this data. The amount of data that is being generated is staggering. If you look at how much data is being generated today in cities, the number that research firms like Harbor Research have calculated is about 16.5 zettabytes. So to provide some context, if a gigabyte is a cup of coffee, a zettabyte is all the coffee that the Great Wall of China could hold. That data is expected to grow in the coming years. There's an IDC data point that came out a little while ago that talks about 79.4 zettabytes of data expected to be generated in 2025. So, Sajid, what would you say is the main implication of all this data? 
all this data, this ocean of data needs to be processed, it needs to be analyzed, sometimes very quickly to deliver the intended outcomes. So increasingly, you want to process this data at the edge. You want to reduce latency. You want to optimize the movement of data, how much of that data is moved across networks and into the cloud. And we now have tools and technologies to drive this inferencing workload to the edge. To give you a specific example, Intel's Movidius Myriad VPU does exactly that. When you combine it with a technology like Construct, like the OpenVINO toolkit from Intel, this makes it sort of a powerful, flexible offering. Sajid, if I could follow up on that, we're seeing a couple things. One is we're seeing more powerful compute at the edge. We're seeing the ability to integrate in more devices. One of the other things that we're really seeing is, is what we call connective analytics. So by doing compute at the edge and then just transferring the results of the inferencing back to a central location, we're improving the learning models, again, in as close to real time as possible, keeping the compute down where the data originates, and then we're able to remove things like regional bias out of the model. What I mean by that is, for example, if I was taking this data and building a model that would help drive traffic safety and autonomous driving, how people drive in Florida could be quite a bit different than how people drive in California, for example. But being able to build a more robust inferencing model by having both of those data sets would certainly improve things. So when you start seeing some of these forward-looking use cases like integrating in autonomous driving with smart parking and traffic safety type of applications, the connective analytics and more powerful edge compute is what's helping to facilitate that. That sounds like a lot of data to process and a lot of technology to deploy. And Wayne, a question for you. If you're a city manager or an IT person within a city looking at another city's deployment of this technology, it can seem pretty intimidating. How do you prepare customers for success? How do you deal with the people process and technology issues to get them started and get them to a successful project? The thing that we find from talking to people is it tends to be overwhelming, and rightfully so. They're looking at what is the end goal? What is the larger picture look like when this is all done? But unfortunately, what that does is it almost paralyzes them because it is a tremendous amount of work to take on. The thing that we coach people on is look at it as a continuum. Pick a project that's around a smart facility because when you understand what you can do within that facility, it's then easy to expand that into a campus. For example, a group of government buildings or literally a campus of public school system or something like that. From there, then it can evolve into more of a citywide deployment. The other thing we're seeing is certainly public-private partnerships. The other thing we coach people on is really focus on the outcome. A lot of people, they read a lot of things, they attend a lot of conferences, a lot of it's about the art of the possible. We're not trying to create the Jetsons. We're really trying to create a city that's more efficient, makes better use of its capital equipment and facilities, and lowers the cost of services for taxpayers. And the way to do that is to be outcome-based, take it a small project at a time, and then expand from there. This concludes part one of our podcast. Check back for part two where Sajid and Wayne discuss the technical underpinnings that drive smart cities, the need to deploy smart city technology at the edge, Intel and Dell technologies that drive smart cities and how they've evolved, adoption of smart city technologies to the many different kinds of cities, case studies, where to find more information, and final thoughts.